The Superpowers of the Soul Channel is brought to you by Superpower Experts. Visit superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers today. You're listening to Spiritual Ecstasy with Dr. Gabriel Cousins. I want to welcome you all to the first episode of Spiritual Ecstasy. Uh, And we will be talking uh, an aspect of that, which is being alive, feeling alive. My name is Dr. Gabriel Cousins. I'm a holistic physician, psychiatrist, uh, meditation and spiritual teacher since 1973, and also a researcher in consciousness. And today we are going to be having the opportunity to interview an incredible person, Tonya Dawn Reckler. And we'll get to her in just a moment, but it's very exciting to be able to interview you. Her, she's exceptional. Many uh, people want to change the world, like myself. And at some point, I realized what the world benefits from is for people to feel and become alive. That's the angle of this show, of this podcast, is how do we become alive? What is this about? And that aliveness leads to spiritual ecstasy. So there's a little insight I like to share, which is for me and many people, experiencing the dance of God in my soul and in all creation is what makes me feel alive. Now I'm going to introduce uh, Tanya. She's the, uh, uh, Dawn Reckler. She's the executive director of Spiritual Power Experts founder of Superpower Experts and Superpower Network. And really, the number one podcast, which is why I'm so happy to be on it, a network for spiritual, personal development. She is really committed to creating approaches and ways to support a multidimensional evolutionary growth for love and enhancement with community with the divine. Her background is really fascinating to me. She served in the armed services as a counterintelligent agent. That's maybe why she's so smart. Um, With boots on the ground in Afghanistan. And in that unique environment, she had a deep spiritual awakening. Of course, I want to honor her because there aren't a lot of people who have that deep spiritual awakening into the light in that kind of setting. And that awakening led her to begin to think about ways to help herself and the world become self-actualized and develop a deeper connection to the divine. She's married to Justin, a key player in uh, Superpower Experts. And she has one daughter called Neva. 
So that is the who we're having this opportunity to talk to. And I, I just feel real honored to do that. Um, and we're going to be discussing really about what makes you feel uh, alive. But I have some questions. And I want to <laughs> start with uh, Tonya. What are you about? What's your story? What's your essence? Give people a feeling for that. I know that's a deep question. Hey, we we, we like those deep questions. <laughs> those are the best kind, right? Yes. Oh my goodness, Gabriel, I so adore you, and I'm so delighted about this show and your energy and in this concept around spiritual ecstasy. Uh, we're very honored to have you on the Superpowers of the Soul channel. Um, very delightful. You bring such a breadth and depth of wisdom. I'm, I'm laughing as you're like, maybe that's why she's so smart. I'm like, oh my gosh, like it pales in comparison to this amazing, um, just just depth of inquiry that you bring to the table. And, and that's that's why I think instantaneously you and I kind of met up in this alive conversation. And that's my jam. Like you're you're preaching to the choir here because that was really the the enlivening force that brought um, you know, brought me out of, of, of that the environments that you're speaking of. And, and what I find so fascinating is, is as you were telling this story, um, my story actually is, is in doing surveillance and investigations here domestically. And what you told in the Afghanistan piece is Justin's story. And I love that that happened because, I, because that's the answer to your question. Justin and I knowingly, consciously, and in full awareness made a commitment to each other to walk each other closer to God and to let that path be what that was for each of us and to knowingly pursue oneness together. And that laid the that foundation. It's very absurd too. I will tell you, it's quite the path, but it, um, but that's the foundational piece, right? Is, is, you know, it's through most of my existence, it was a very traditional kind of, you know, I was raised in a Protestant household. I, I got my bachelor's degree, my master's degree right before 9-11. I enlisted in the army um, right after 9-11. So I was 27 with a master's degree and I enlisted, um, which is, is unheard of and quite um, didn't really please my recruiters or anybody else because they they were pushing me to be an officer instead. And And I kept hearing that it was just counterintelligence, just counterintelligence. And the only way I could secure that specific job was to enlist. And that's what I did. And so from jump, I mean, you can see it, it was this pattern of just like it, it went against the grain, but I did it anyway. And I don't know why I had the courage to do that. I just know that it's been an extreme blessing in my existence. And that, of course, that trajectory led me um, a very, very short lived army career. Um, I got very ill um, and they ended up having to medically discharge me. And um, of course, you know, that that's God saying, get going somewhere else. Right. And then I got recruited by an agency and, and did, um, you know, some crazy stuff in the espionage arena and really have been diving into people's psyches for decades. And what that showed me though, on a very personal level was I thought that whole time I was looking for the perfect job to define myself and my life and my existence. I was single at the time. And, um, once I had this job that most people don't even know exists and was quite fascinating, you know, testified in federal court and got to do, you know, high speed driving chases and stuff like that. And there were times I was pinching myself, like, is this really my life? Um, but it didn't answer that aching desire inside of me. 
right? The, the emptiness was still there and it didn't matter that I had this great job. And, and at the end of the day, yes, it was in service to national security, but I had to face the fact that it was still just a job and it wasn't, it wasn't satisfying that piece of me that was crying out to feel alive. And in fact, it became very counterintuitive because I was lying about who I was and what I was doing and what my name was and all of these things. And I found it incredibly difficult to reconcile this awakening I was having with that world. And so I left. That is impressive. You are truly heroic. I love it. (laughs) It didn't feel heroic. (laughs) Well, yeah, but you are. You were and you are. So we're about to take a break. And so, uh, Tanya, where can people find more about you uh, to continue to connect with a superpower? Of course. Yeah, but absolutely. Go to superpowerexperts.com and make sure you check out the Superpowers of the Soul channel where, where Spiritual Ecstasy is airing um, and all of the other fabulous shows on the network. We really do exist to attune you to higher frequency conversations and expansion and love. And, and we invite you to come join us there. Okay, so we're going to take a short break. We've been talking with Tanya on spiritual ecstasy and alignment. And when we come back, we're going to pull more deeply into aliveness and spiritual ecstasy. Hello, I'm Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts and creator of the Superpower Network. Welcome and thank you for making us your go-to place for inspired content, training, and community. The network is so much more than a place for amazing content. It's step one on the path to unlock your superpowers. Listen to one episode daily on the Superpower Network and attune yourself to inspired conversations, higher vibrational living, and much, much more. In step two, you learn with us by watching one of our inspirational videos each week from the IM series. And when you're ready, come grow in community. Our superpower programs offer a unique experience for those ready to harness their superpowers to change themselves, their lives, and ultimately, the world. Go to superpowerexperts.com and take the next step on your path today. Okay, well, we're happy to be back. And you are listening to Spiritual Ecstasy with Dr. Gabriel Cousins. And we're talking to our incredible guest, uh, Tonya Don Reklev, about aliveness. So I want to ask you, Tonya, what makes you feel truly alive? Mm. Well, I'm kind of one of those people who... um, I don't know, maybe there's not a lot of us out there. I don't know, but I committed myself completely to walk with spirit years ago. And um, that decision changes everything. It did for me. And, and, and when that's the commitment, it started with putting, you know, my mantra was kind of, I, I put my own evolution above all things to the detriment of all things. And that, that meant when Neva came along, you know, we, we have two other kids from Justin's first marriage. And, and when they came along, when, when they, you know, I joined into that, kind of group there, it was this really beautiful invitation to live beyond myself for the, for these young beings, you know, who like, I didn't know quite what to do with. In fact, the first time Justin left me alone with them, I said, you know, I don't know anything about kids. So if you could just act like adults when you're around me, that would be awesome. And it was like, they were like seven and 11, I think, you know, but that was my take on it was like, I see you as little people. Um, You know, let's interact as people. And that, of course, set the beautiful stage for how Neva was reared. 
and, and raised in, in an environment of actualization. Um, and so the path, that path and putting spirit's will, God's will ahead of my own and turning myself inside out to that end, it, it, the aliveness is, is the beautiful gift in that is I get to consciously co-create with spirit. Um, and all I can say is awakening to that. It's, it's miraculous. So in that process, really, one has to let go of their ego in a major way and align yourself with God's will. I think that's what you just said. Is that correct? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, now, what do you mean when we say truly alive? <laughs> oh. I've just been to you. Well, usually I, I refer to it as being yummy, the yummy space. Um it, it's it, and that's that's what lights me up so much about your show, the spiritual ecstasy concept, because that is the experience of it. It is is ecstatic. It's it's bliss. It's flow space. It's it's like the experience. You know, people report different ways of, of explaining it, but you know, imagine your your best guided meditation or your best um, journey and or or um, vision quest or or um, whatever you know worship whatever whatever fills you with that that welling up of spirit inside of you and then imagine living in that 24 7 right i remember reading one time uh, someone asked a, a monk you know about how how he felt about never experiencing an orgasm and he kind of looked at him quizzically and was like i i get to have it i mean i get to have that all the time like like my experience is orgasmic my life is orgasmic because i'm in connection and communion with the divine like there's no other comparison to that and so and that that's that's rather the experience of it certainly you still get to participate in the physical reality like there's this huge great playground we get to play in um and there's tons of fun there but knowing what it is and what it isn't allows you to feel that complete cellular experience of the divine coursing through you beautiful Beautiful. So in a way, you're saying it isn't an intellectual, it's a direct experience of the ecstasy of the divine in your everyday life. You know, I love that you just said that because that was a big part of the challenge for me. I, like I said, I had a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, all in critical theory, critical thought, deconstructionism. Then I was a counterintelligence agent. and I spent a lot of time and money and effort cultivating my mind and my intellect. And it, it was difficult for me to move beyond that. Um, but what ended up, and I, and I thought I was giving it up. I thought I was having to kind of go away from that. But what ended up happening, of course, is I just had to lean in the other direction for a while. And once I was able to open up my heart and my soul to the experience of this, then of course, all the intellectualism came running back online, just in a much more, uh, a highly evolved way. And so I Instead of thinking, I now refer to it as like cognition or instead of doing, it's more action because it's it's all in, in alignment with that divine will. Um, so it pulls on it, right? We, we have those gifts and those abilities and those experiences for a reason. And so, you know, I think a lot of people are shocked when they go on these spiritual journeys and then they find some of the more mundane kind of talents that they cultivated coming back online. And it's a little disarming because they're supposed to be these big spiritual beings. And for me, it was like, you know, the thinking and the, and the strategy and all of that stuff. But, but once I was able to bring it up into that higher frequency, that's where the brilliance of the scalability models, the sustainability, I mean, you know, the details at which we build, all of that is because I brought that intellectualism up into 
that high frequency. That's uh, that's very good. So uh, part of that is when did you become aware of even asking the question of how to become alive or become aware that, oh, this is of value to me? When did mm. that come through to you? I've asked that question many times and it's, I, I suspect that it's been forever because, and also it, it's more a factor of when did I become aware of that? Because once I hit that point, I had, I, I had access to all the memories of me living that way in total awareness, my entire existence. It was super trippy, but I also still could recall the memories of not feeling that way. And so it was like, you kind of sit in this space of both worlds for a little bit um, as it, as it, kind of calibrates itself. And so where I became consciously aware of it was, um, again, it went as a counter intel agent, I hit pretty low there and, and went and got rebaptized. Um, a good friend of mine, Dondra, um, held my hand in that process and walked me through it and prayed with me. And I'd been baptized previously, but my walk with Christ never like the hyper patriarchy kind of like, the things that I was doing and was capable of the Bible and other and churches were telling me I shouldn't be capable of as a female. And so, um, Oh, wow. That just welled me up. Like there, there, there's a, there's energy there. It's, and so that was tough to reconcile. And so it wasn't until I gave all of that up and just chose to create a relationship with Christ that it moved me in that direction. And I would say that was still very troubled for quite a long time. Um, and so once, once I could reconcile that, and then two years ago, I, I baptized Justin and we baptized Neva and when we were able to bring everything into that mix, that's when I truly knew myself to come alive. But I know I had been in pursuit of that that entire time. That's very, very interesting. So you would you say you felt it even as a, a child, this this potential that was there? Yeah, it was it was it was more just always being weird, you know, always being different, always being like listening to something else and always like, like not understanding why people would do mean things or like why they wouldn't just be loving or why they wouldn't make things right or, or just not understanding the heartlessness and stuff. And so, so the, all of those signs were very present, but over time it just became one of those, well, I must be really, really smart. And so I was in gifted classes and, and all that. And so it was, it was equated to the intellectualism which was fine. I mean, it kept me really grounded, which I think was important. Um, and so, so, but that's how it developed. And so it took me a while to let go of like, no, I'm just really smart. And it wasn't smart at all. It was, I was just connected. I had access to all knowingness, but I, I didn't know what that meant. No, no one in my world was able to communicate with me about that. So no one was really even sharing with you the aliveness of experiencing the oneness with the divine. No, in fact, I always found myself at odds with the world and with the people in it because it was they they didn't like they didn't feel alive to me. And, and it was it was like living for those moments where people woke up and could see it all. And, and then they were there with you. And then, you know, they, they'd hit a fear point and they'd go back to what they were doing. Interesting. So that's part of you kind of suggested about yourself as a rebel. I kind of see you as just a very creative God tuned in person who's going to follow the will of God, which sometimes <laughs> doesn't fit with the system. Most, most times, <laughs> most times it doesn't fit. <laughs> okay. But there's a redefinition that I think you went through. This is what I'm hearing. 
not being a rebel anymore, but just simply aligning yourself with the will of God. Um, mm. A slightly different position. I'm just wondering if you were aware of that shift. Mm, that's how beautiful. I, I think it's incremental. You know, my experience of what I refer to as the abstract frequency is that it's a series of frequencies that we awaken into. And, and so it is in, incremental to some degree. But um, I will share one of the most pivotal moments I had here wasn't too long ago when I kept hearing um, I'd been asked on an interview what I was here to do. And out of my mouth came, I'm here to turn everything inside out. And I was like, whoa, I just said that like publicly, like, what does that even mean? Like, is that truth? You know, and I kind of had it. Sometimes I don't even get the awareness until it bounces back at me. And, um, and I sat with that for, for a matter of weeks and, and I started feeling that like, like, well, then I have to be willing to turn myself inside out. Like, what does that even mean? Like, is that even a thing? And, and part of it is I'm just willing to be playful and to, to be creative with spirit and, and let it guide me to do things that my mind would, would say no to. I just say yes to you before I let my mind talk. And, um, and so I just had this incredible experience of, of really, I just kept feeling like I, I, my body was trying to turn itself inside out. And I know it sounds incredibly weird, but, but I just kept going with that feeling of it. And eventually what all of a sudden I felt this like pop and I was like, what just happened? And, and I saw this light, this column of light um, inside of myself, just start to expand and expand. And I just started giggling. I was like, Oh my gosh, I did it. Like I turned myself inside out. I don't, I mean, of course, if, to the visible eye, I'm just sitting there, like nothing happened. But to me, it was really symbolic of that continued commitment to the journey of just, just trusting. And, and the experience of that was then that my eyes opened up, my mind's eyes opened up to all sorts of clarity around how once we're willing to do that, it truly is effortless right like that's the the heaven on earth that's the upside down kingdom right is right. you got to be willing to look through that lens first though and so once i did that it, i i don't lose that vision anymore that is very significant so connected to that is there anything about what that helps you feel connected to your soul in this bigger picture and do you know unless it's continuous do you know when you're not feeling connected mm, beautiful um i don't really have the experience of not feeling connected i i think that the where people get tripped up in this is they think that if it's not feeling yummy to them in that moment that that they're not that that that's not a place for god um i think it's important to remember that god wants to be there with with our anger and with our doubt and with our fears um, the key is, is to stay in relationship. And so it means always, like always, like, like I talked to, I'm on constant conversation. In fact, in our house, we had to kind of bring that to, to everybody's attention because I kept feeling really disrupted when someone would ask me a question and I'm like, well, my daughter should be able to just ask me a question and, 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 and I shouldn't feel disrupted. And I said, what's, you know, and so I just dug in and said, well, you know, I asked what was going on there. And so I was able to communicate with her that even when I'm sitting there and it appears that I'm doing nothing, I'm in a conversation. It's just not a conversation that she can hear or witness. And so, I mean, she can when she taps in, but, but isn't usually in that frequency with me. And so, so it was a beautiful way just to ask for permission to say, Hey, you know, just let's just honor the fact that if we truly pursue this walk with God, then we're always in a conversation. And, um, and so, so keeping that dialogue going, but then also loving the people around you enough to say, hey, this is my experience and maybe we can come up. We're really good with the win-win-win solutions and, and we would rather have everybody feeling whole 
and like they have this space to commune with the divine in their way. And so we create strategies. And so that answers your other question. The work keeps me very grounded. The network, the um, coaching programs that we do, the IM series, our inspirational message that we that we deliver, like there's real guided action that takes place. Um, and it keeps me in it. It keeps me infusing all of that with light. Justin and Neva keep me really well grounded. Um, you know, they're the, the connection with them. Like we have, you know, we, we shut down at noon on Fridays for family fun day and play games, right? Like I know I'm talking about really weird things, but we do it here in very normal ways. And that's the point, right? It's not an either, or it's not like you have to shut off your, your normal existence to do this. In fact, that's exactly the opposite of the instructions, right? Be it here, live it here, be of in the world, but not of it, you know, heaven on earth, all of that. And so, so you have to be able to interweave it into your existence. And so that's what all of our programs do is we work in the integrative spaces to make sure that people are now connecting those spiritual journeys in with the practicality of their world. So in essence, you're saying, which is what I talk about in terms of a multidimensional holistic way towards liberation is that every level of our life is always attaining and, and deepening our connection with the divine. Is that what you're that, saying? That's been our experience. I mean, nothing, nothing can be exempt. And the second you think you're going to control something, God will show you, spirit will come in and, and provide some course correction if you look for it. And, and it keeps you on that track where once you're in that space, you, you don't want to veer at all. Like, like one degree gets you off track really quickly in these higher frequencies because we create so fast here. And so it's important that you're continually building up your foundation and your threshold of, of um, you know, making sure that you're embodying this work and integrating this work because most people love the exciting out there kind of exploratory stuff, but you can only go as far out as you're willing to go deep. And that means really getting to know yourself and getting in there. And if you're withholding any cell in your body from spirit, you're going to, you're going to see that in the projection and it typically is uncomfortable. And so, you know, kind of my take on it is like resistance is futile and eventually becomes downright painful. And so I just don't do it anymore. <laughs> so kind of connected with that are really two questions. First is, what makes you know when you're not feeling alive? And connected to that is, how do you live in the ali aliveness all the time, which is a really, really important thing. Uh, to me, at a certain point, it becomes natural, but there's a place before it comes natural. That's <laughs> That's a great way to look at it. Um, so the aliveness, like the, that's a great question that I don't, I don't know that I ever don't feel alive because that thread is there, you know, as long as if we believe that we have that spirit spark inside of us, then it's like, it's always alive. I think the difference is how am I choosing to identify in that moment? Because there's always a piece of me that doesn't feel alive. And then there's always the piece of me that does. And I choose to identify as the highest aspect um, when I find myself in choice around that, right? If I find myself in a situation where some lower density energies have come in from wherever, from myself, from outside of me, whatever they come in from, and I'm, and I'm in them kind of swimming in them, I don't ever find myself without that thread, that light that I can just walk myself back out. And 
I have to, you know, once I catch myself and I go, oh, wow, I've been kind of in this musing, you know, and, and I open the channel back up again. But it's, for me, it's, a, it's the attunement, right? It's, it's the resonance and feeling, being able to gauge those real subtle frequency shifts. So you catch it before you're in it totally, right? Like you want to catch the transition. And I, I think that's what you're speaking to. And so my, um, the way we walk that is we, we, when we're in that, right, we continue that feeling. And if we start to come out of it, we, we, we kind of go on like, like hyper alert in those moments. And it's not like a, oh my gosh, your frequency drop, but it's more just, Hey, where's the constriction coming in? And can we just lighten that up and open that up a little bit and not giving ourselves an easy out because we're tired or we're upset or we're irritated or whatever those little um, phraseologies are that we comfort ourselves with it's still separation. And so really calling that out and saying, okay, but, but why? And let's dig into that. And we make that a priority in our house. We don't create from constriction. And so if, if that's happening, we, we look at that first and we open that place up first. Um, and so I think it, it, it's, it's developing the disciplines of countering the old behaviors, right? So essentially what you're doing is you're pulling up some old rooted subconscious programs. You're looking at them and you're going, okay, no, thank you. But then, so you also, you have to be willing to do that, but you also have to be willing then to implant the new programs intentionally with spirits guidance on it. And once you do that, that becomes that unconscious competency you're speaking about. So in one way I experience it, there's really two pieces. One is I look at all life's experiences as an opportunity to expand my spiritual connection with the divine. So anything on the material plane, I experience it as having its multi-dimensional connection as an expression of the divine. And so when I interact with it, I'm not just talking about people. I'm just talking about even a computer or even a rock. Um, mm -hmm. I am holding the awareness it's like a proactive thing that this is an expression of the divine and challenge myself to uh, maintain that awareness that, and I'm going to say awareness, that experience. So everything in essence becomes an ecstatic experience mm -hmm. of the mm -hmm. divine, however mundane it may be. What That's do you right. think about that? I think it's brilliant. I, I, Justin, I talk about that all the time. Is it like, you know, we can be doing the accounting or we can be having an ecstatic experience doing the accounting. You know, we can be, you know, grocery shopping or, or whatever mundane thing it is, or we could be having an ecstatic experience doing that. And the only difference is, are we inviting spirit in? We talk a lot about inspired personal development and inspired living. And the reason for that is that it shouldn't be separate, right? The, the compartmentalization right. of spiritual growth is what creates some of this problem. We don't see spirit in our day-to-day. -day. We don't see spirit in our computer. We think that our, we're having tech problems. It's like, well, there's an easy solution always. There's, if there's a problem, there's an easy solution always. It, it's more of who are we being in that. And I think a pivotal point in my existence was I started training myself in certain circumstances to speak in the plural. Um, and that helped a lot because it reminded me that my persona wasn't the key player anymore, that there's a we, there's a, I'm in service to, and in fact, it threw me one time on an interview because somebody said, you keep saying we, who are you talking about? And I was like, oh, 
I don't know, but I'm, I was like giggling internally because I was like, oh, it worked. Like I changed my mindset from the individualism to the collective. And so it became really natural that, that in, when I'm speaking of the work and everything else, it, it's a, we kind of, you know, approach to it. Um, so it altered how I perceive of things. So in those moments, I'm more apt to include spirit than not, because I, I'm not leaning back into that individualism. Okay, so you're leading to to the word that I would use would be oneness mm-hmm. with God in all creation. And I'm not putting words in your mouth, but I want to. No, I love that, that word. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're that's really what you're describing is there's more and more of a sense of oneness mm-hmm. with all the creation. Mm-hmm. And here's what's a beautiful thing. Like our, our fear of going into oneness is that we're going to lose our identity. But folks, I, 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 I'd be remiss if I didn't share. Like it's, you, it lights it up. Like, like you become more holy who you are. You don't lose yourself at all. What you lose is the illusion of what you thought you were, the, the limited perspective or the, 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 um, the one that kind of messes up or the one that's not quite right or the one that, one that you know, all of those things that we think of ourselves as when we listen to how God sees us and let spirit inform that you, that actually culminates that personal development journey. And it's ironic, right? Because we think we have to be done developing before we can kind of move into our big work or we can step into oneness. Like we've got to be perfect first. And the joke is, it's not really a joke, but, but it's kind of funny on, on, on this side of things, but it's, it's comical in the sense that that's the very thing we cannot culminate our own personal developmental journey until we squeeze through the eye of the needle, right. And emerge into that space of oneness, then we can know ourselves and wholeness. And so it's like, it's, I think maybe we're not talking about that piece enough. And so we've got a lot of folks camping out, you know, they're highly evolved, but they're right on that precipice because they don't feel worthy necessarily to cross into that space. And, and, and that again, the irony is, is that you won't feel that way until you're in it, because in it, you know yourself as that aspect of the divine. So you are speaking to a very important thing, which is called fear of the divine. In my course called The Zero Point, which is uh, kind of more of a mental course, we have a desire and resist to merge with the, the divine. Part of the fear is I'm going to, the illusion, you can lose yourself when in fact you're finding yourself. Mm-hmm. So that is a prime uh, stumbling block uh, in this connecting to God, uh, merging with God situation, because we are asked at some level, let go of the illusion that we're in control. That's right. And be willing to jump into the nothing. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering what you have to say about what I just said. (laughs) Well, here's what's 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 another way to kind of look at that um, that's parallel is if you imagine if you identify as your body, right, or as an individual or as of this world, and you see bad things happening in the world or your body does something that you you, you don't prefer, whether a disease or, or something happens to it, it, and eventually we all kind of in our collective consciousness know that that the body um, dies, right? We believe that our bodies start to decay and die. And so if we identify as the body, we've set ourselves up on an inevitable course of decay 
and death. And in, when you choose to identify in spirit as an aspect of the divine, the piece of you that's dying away is the piece that you never really were in the first place. And, and so it's not so much that, that you have to let an aspect of you die off. It's, it's changing how you identify into a space where all that can happen is aliveness. And, 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 and creation and love and, and all of those yummy things. Um, and so if we, but we, if we, if, if we believe that God destroys sin, right, if he's, he's, he's judging against sin and we identify in that and believe ourselves to be that, then we do have a fear of God because then we're afraid that God's now punishing us, right? There's a difference between, you know, the divine, you know, eradicating, um, evil, quote unquote, versus eradicating you. Well, if you believe yourself to be evil, then it's hard to separate those out. And so if we are willing to reimagine ourselves as spirit sees us, now we start to understand why that feels so conflicting to us. Beautiful, beautiful. So we're, we're just one or two more questions. So how how do you live in aliveness all the time? Now, we've been talking about this, but there's a way you can summarize it for yourself and for the listeners. Sure. We structure everything in our existence around it. That's the differentiator. We don't, there's nothing in our existence outside of that. Our marriage, our family, our businesses. I mean, we, we eat, breathe, and sleep this 24-7. Everything is in alignment with it. Um, and so that's hugely helpful. We work with a lot of clients who you know, maybe their, their spouse isn't on, on the journey, you know, or, or maybe their kids don't understand, or maybe they, their job, you know, they, they don't really feel alive in their job. And so there's this compartmentalization thing that's occurring for people that would, that felt too insurmountable to us. And so we, we kind of burned all the bridges and all of that stuff and just said, you know, we're going to do it our way. And we didn't really know what that meant, honestly, like, and, and a lot of people advised us against it, but of course now you see Neva, at 11, you know, she, she runs some of the podcasters calls and she runs two of the divisions of our company. She's been doing business since two. She's, you know, had a best-selling book, a keynote, right? And so she, she's gotten to live this amazing existence, not because we're so amazing and we did this, this for her, but because we decided to let God inform our existence. And it meant, I mean, there was, I'm not going to pretend that that was easy, but there's still layers coming off, but it gets easier and easier and easier to turn everything over. And as some of those old layers come up, you're willing to say, hey, this this doesn't feel in resonance. And so sometimes it is having the courage to just say, no, that doesn't feel good. Like I walked away from counter intel 30 days before hitting tenure as a government agent. It's unheard of. Nobody does it. I walked into the office and I said, I'm done. And they said, 30 days, you just give us 30 more days and you can always come back. And I just looked at them and I said, I'm not coming back. It doesn't matter. I'm done. Like I, I walked away from 401k plan that wasn't nested and it just, it was time and I left and it, that, that was tough. And then I got a lot of well-meaning advice to the contrary, but I listened to God instead. And, and in that, it, it, it takes real courage to walk that path. And so I think my advice is be where you're at, know your comfort zone, recognize that your path is your path is your path. You're going to be walking it. It may be longer than others. It may twist more than others, but but that doesn't matter. The key is, is just keep putting one foot in front of the other 
and following the light and don't sacrifice yourself or your soul for anything. Make that the goal because nothing else will make you feel alive. No, no other pursuit will light you up if you don't see spirit in it somewhere. If you don't allow that life energy, that love energy to inform it, you'll never be satisfied. <laughs> That's beautiful. Actually, you answered what I was going to ask, which is what is your final advice for waking <laughs> up, becoming alive and staying alive in everyday life? And you actually just did it. See, Pretty we good. have superpowers. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So we're clearly on the same page. Uh, I I just love your, your story and, and really where you are in your life and your surrender to that which is why you, you left with 30 days to go, because that was the right, spiritually right thing to do. Yeah, that's right. So that that's just uh, just amazing. And then again, you hit, you, you hit the keynote there uh, with your final advice. So as we move into, to closing, where can people find out more about you and really more about me as well? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, again, we're super excited about the spiritual ecstasy show. As you can tell, like this inquiry, this death, this is this is this man's world. Like he, he, it's just fascinating. So I really encourage you to to sit in these spaces with him and allow him to open you up to to aliveness and what's possible with the his insights and the amazing guests that he attracts. Make sure you go to superpowerexperts.com. You can find the spiritual ecstasy show there on the superpowers of the soul channel and all of our other wonderful things. And, and if you're interested in unlocking your superpowers, get started there. We, it's easy one, two, three step process. We hold your hand through it and you can take as long as you want with it. But the first step is listening to the network, attuning yourself to these conversations about real things that matter in, in, in very loving and heartfelt ways. Um, all of our hosts bring that to the table. And Gabriel, I, I just can't express my gratitude enough. This is a space that um, I'm lit up about you stepping into, and and I know that, um, and I and I know the impact that that's having. And so, thank you for for your courage and in, in walking your journey. We really honor that, and we're excited to share you with the world. Well, thank you for giving me this format. I do want to mention that people can uh, go to drcousins.com or treeoflife.mn.co to find out about our monthly meditation, weekend meditation retreats, about our spiritual fasting retreats, which is one week on ju juices, food in half. Uh, and I mentioned my course of how to clear the thoughts of the mind. And we give people a lot of support. We, we have a, a community. This is a very difficult time in the world, if, in case people haven't noticed, and I think people have. And so we've created a community called treeoflife.mn.co where people can be with alive with Dr. Gabriel uh, and also what we call the, the, the Shakti Hour, but also have a community where people can talk to each other. The reason I did it is that people need to be able to talk to each other and support each other because people interested in consciousness we are a growing minority, and we are growing, and we need that support, that social support. It's key to support our overall development, which is what the Superpower Experts programs are. And 
the superpower of the soul is about. So we're there. Again, drcousins.com or treeoflife.mn.co. And I want to really thank uh, Tanya for for your life, for what you've done and what you're doing, because we're never done and we're never (laughs) finished. We're in process, but be willing to surrender into this unknown, the unknown of our unfoldment, and be willing to follow wherever God takes you. So I want to honor you. I want to honor the listeners for being willing to be inspired in that direction, because it's really, really important. And in, in essence, the summary is, when we let go and open up to, to God in our life, we will be guided in the way for us to reach our highest, not only spiritual potential, but physical, emotional, and mental potentials and be aligned with the bigger uh, picture of uplifting our world. And just a, a key question I'd like you to think about as you as we In today's program, explore what makes you feel alive and do it. That's the key. May may you always choose aliveness in your life. Blessings to everyone. I'm in. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. Go now to superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers and change your life today.